This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, glory to God, this is Healing Sunday. And so I like to preach healing uh, the first Sunday of each month because I really believe that the enemy, the devil, you know, the devil's after us. And the enemy's constantly working against us. He's working against us in three areas. Uh, one of the areas he's working against us is in our relationships. The devil wants to destroy relationships. He wants us, you know, getting upset with one another. And last w- month when I ministered on healing, I ministered, you know, one of the keys is love. And if you walk in the love of God, it's going to be hard for the devil to attack your body. And so love is the key. And the enemy also, also works on our finances. How many people believe that? Amen. So the devil's always trying to break things down, trying to cause problems in our finances. But if you're a tither and you give offerings, the Bible says that God will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And then also the enemy, the devil, is against our health. And, uh, and we know that, that he wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. And so we want to make sure, and so, so if it's coming to steal from us, kill us, or destroy us, we know it's not coming from God. Because the Bible says all good gifts, all good gifts comes from God, the Father of lights, which there's no variable or shadow of turning. So all good gifts. And so sickness is not a good gift. So if, what, what do you do when you find yourself, you know, maybe with a symptom or uh, maybe uh, you go to the doctor and you get a, a bad doctor's report? Well, well, thank God that we have the Bible. Thank God that the doctor's report is not the final report. Uh, your symptoms that you might be dealing with. I'm going to say this, are subject to change. Just because you're dealing with something today doesn't mean you're going to be dealing with it tomorrow. Amen. Because I'm going to say this, that, that the challenge or the test always has a time limit on it. And if we can outlast the time limit, if we can outlast the enemy, and I'm going to say this, you can outlast the devil. That means he's not all powerful. The devil is limited. He's limited in what he can do to us. Amen. The problem is we, some of us think that he's unlimited. And, and, and the way we think that is because we think we're never going to be healed. So we, we're thinking that the devil that's, that, that's attacking our bodies, that this sickness will, will never leave us. And I'm going to say this, it's subject to change. So, so, so I'm going to give you keys this morning on, on how to stand against the devil when he comes against your health. Glory to God. And really, the, the, the first thing is when you're being attacked by the devil, when the, when the enemy's coming against you, you have to make sure the word of God is your final authority. Amen. In other words, you gotta, you got to think about what does the Word of God says about your circumstance or your situation that you're encountering. You don't want to focus on, well, what, what is your friend going to say about your circumstance? Don't call a friend, call Jesus. 
Now, I'm not against calling friends. I'm not against getting some encouragement. We all need encouragement. But I'm going to say this. The Word of God will encourage you greater because the Word of God is life. And we need that life. Jesus said, my words are spirit. And so God's spirit word life will, will give us life in our bodies. Amen? So, so the word of God is our final authority. In other words, uh, we, we live by the word. When Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, he was, he was driven into the wilderness by the spirit to be tested. And so there's going to always be a testing time in our faith. And so Jesus was, was, was uh, drawn into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness and the enemy started tempting him. And, and the Bible says that Jesus became hungry and he, he was in a 40 day fast. And I'm just going to put this in uh, to this morning. We are going into a fast in January. So we're going to be going on a 21-day fast, glory to God. So eat as much as you can in December. <laughs> eat as much cookies and, and uh, binge as much as you can in December. <laughs> because in January, you can feast in December, but you're going to fast in January. Amen? And so Jesus was on this fast, and the Bible says that he, he became hungry. And the devil tempted him. You know, the devil will tempt you. And he tempted Jesus and, and trying to get Jesus to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus, under, Jesus could have done it. I'm going to say it again. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he could have, he had the power he, to change the molecular uh, structure of those stones into bread. But Jesus did not choose to do that. He chose to stay on the fast. But, but, he, but Jesus decided to make the word of God his final authority when he was under temptation. And when you're under temptation, you have to go back to the word of God. When the enemy's working against you, and the enemy's putting all kinds of manner of sickness on you, symptoms on you, doctor's reports on you, you have to go back to the Word of God. And so Jesus, uh, so, so when the devil said, you know, if you are the Son of God, turn the stones into bread. Of course, the devil challenged Jesus of who he was. And I'm going to say this, you know, you don't ever have to prove your faith out to anybody. God knows who you are. He knows your faith. You don't have to prove it out to anybody. You just have to walk in it. And so Jesus said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So how do you live your life? You live your life out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You've got to understand this, that you are a triune being. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul and an intellect. And your spirit has to have food. I'm preaching this morning. And just like your body needs natural food to live, your spirit needs spirit food to live. I'm preaching this morning. 
And the spirit food for your spirit to live is the word of God. And some of us have strong spirits and others of us have skinny spirits. Why? You can tell because if you're feeding on the word of God, you're going to have a strong spirit. And the Bible says a strong spirit will sustain you in a time of infirmity. So you have to get the word of God and feed on the word of God to be a strong Christian. So being a spirit person, you are a spirit. You have to feed on the word of God every day. Some people, you know, get one cold snack a a Sunday morning. Of course, yours is a hot meal. (laughs) They feed their bodies three square meals a day and they try to live on that. No, you got You got to get into the word every day. Look at your neighbor and say, get into the word. Number two, if you're going to walk in divine health, because really the bar that we, we want to attain, the highest level of healing that you want to obtain is divine health. You don't want to go from sickness to healing and walk in healing for a certain amount of time then go back to sickness and then pray and get healed again and no, what we want is we want divine health. Amen. We, in other words, we want to get to a point where we're being attacked less and less and less. Where, where, where the symptoms cannot stay on our bodies for too long. Why, why, we, if you get strong enough in the word of God, you'll be able to speak the word. And those lying symptoms have to leave. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I preached last week a message, and it was, I, I believe it was a pretty good message, on being thankful. And thanking God is a key to implementing the promises of God in your life. And I said that, you know, you need to get into agreement. But one of the things I also said, in agreement, you have to ask God. And so we have to ask God for our healing. We have to ask God for the provision. We have to ask God and stand in agreement that God's moving. A lot of times we skip that part of asking. We just agree. But ask and you shall receive and your joy will be made complete. Amen. That's that's free this morning. So so you have to be convinced that it's the will of God for you to be healed. And really, it's all in the scriptures. The will of God is for your healing. You know, uh, God's one of his names is Jehovah Rapha. And, and, and Jehovah Rapha, it means that I am the Lord that healeth thee. I can't find in all of God, it's a redemptive name of God in the Old Testament. He's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Uh, he has many names that are benefits to our salvation. But I can't find a name that says, I'm, I'm the Lord thy God that gives you sickness. I can't find that in the scripture. I can't find where, where, where God, he's either the God that heals you or he's the God that gives you sickness. And there's no, there's no redemptive name of God saying that I'm the God that gives you sickness. So, so it has to be the will of God for you to be healed because it's, it's one of God's redemptive names. Jesus never put sickness on anybody. When he walked down here, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
and how he went about doing good and healing all. Doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So he didn't go around saying, well, this time God wants to put something on you, so, so I'm going to give you some sickness, I'm going to give you a little bit of cancer, I'm going to give you a little bit of a cold. Jesus never did that. No, he never did that. He was anointed. The anointing that was on Jesus is designed to destroy the yoke of bondage in people's lives. In other words, Jesus came to reverse the curse. And so we're in a process of that curse being reversed. We know in Matthew 8, 1 and 3, this is Jesus. And it says here, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Why would the multitudes follow Jesus? Because he was healing them. He was delivering them. He was setting them free. He had the words of life. And they were just receiving it and, and, and basing in it and, and uh, just enjoying the word. And he said, behold, a leper came and worshiped him. Notice it said here, a leper came and worshiped him. Again, Thanksgiving opens the door to God's miracles in our lives. So he worshiped him. Worship. Saying, Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, it's not time for you today. <laughs> you need to stay sick a little while longer until you learn something. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. Jesus put out his hand and touched him and saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So, so Jesus delighted in doing the will of God. He delighted in undoing. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. that It says in, in 1 John that, that Jesus came to undo the works of the evil one. And so Jesus delighted on undoing the works of the devil in people's lives. That's what he delighted in do, to do. We know it's the will of God for you to be healed because John 10, 10 clearly states that Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. We know at the very uh, first part of it says, Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is it? You know, I, I used to uh, uh, confess this scripture as Jesus came to kill. I used to put kill first, steal and destroy. And, and then uh, my sister said, it's, it says steal first. You know, that's when my sister was here. She would always point out any areas that I missed it in. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you're right. It's steal first, steal, kill, and destroy. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to first and foremost steal the word of God from you. Because if he can steal the word of God from you, amen, he, the number two thing he's going to do is kill your faith. Oh, I'm preaching today. So the devil's trying to steal the word, and then he's trying to kill your faith. And then if your faith gets destroyed, amen, then, then he will try to destroy you. Because if you have no faith, then the next level is destruction in your life. So what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I came that you may have life 
and have it more abundantly. And we know this because I'm going to say this, many, many Christians, and there's millions of Christians, and lots of Christians still believe today it's God's will for some to be sick. Do you know that? There's millions of Christians that believe that because they've been taught that sickness can be a blessing in some areas. But I can't find it in the Bible where sickness is a blessing. I find that sickness is a curse that we want to make sure that we're not walking in. Another thing that we need to understand that that it's the will of God for you to be healed. It's right there in the Lord's prayer. When, When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus, uh, you know, prayed out that Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 10. In this part of it, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. I love that. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he says, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So so it's saying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we know this, that God's will in heaven is, 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 you know, threefold again where the devil attacks us in. It's perfect relationships. In heaven, they're all perfect relationships. There's no bad relationships in heaven. It's perfect unity. Amen. We know in heaven it's, it's, it's wealthy place. Streets of gold. Gates of pearls. Amen. Mansions in heaven. It's a wealthy place. Don't get offended because some Christians are wealthy. Amen. Don't get, a, don't get offended over wealth. God, we serve a wealthy God. God created, the Bible says that God created all the gold. And the Bible says in Genesis that he made gold and he said gold is good. Doesn't it say that? So if you wear a gold bracelet, that's okay with God. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going, on, I'm, I'm, I'm going on, a, on a side trail. God's not against wealth. But he's, he's against us being covetousness, he, uh, uh, coveting it or, or, or being money motivated or money minded. No, he wants us to be kingdom minded. And if we're kingdom minded, we're going to be taking some of our wealth and putting it back into the kingdom. Oh, I'm preaching today. And we're, why? Because we want to see the kingdom grow. If, we don't, if we're not giving into the kingdom, then we don't care about the... Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, my Lord Jesus. We don't care about the kingdom. But God cares about the kingdom. In other words, God cares about people. And the more finances we can get in and the more money we can get to the missionaries and the more money that we can get in in building water wells that influences people to get saved and, and the more that we can get out there in the airwaves, the more people get saved and then, then pretty soon Jesus comes back. Why? We're, we're trying to get Jesus back. Amen. So that's why in your money it says, in God we trust. So you need to trust in God. So, so here, uh, that's a side note today. I, I didn't think I was going to go on that today. 
Amen. But it's good anyway. Amen. So we must believe that we're already healed by, by faith. And see, this is a tough, you know, uh, nut to crack, if I may, if I may say. It, it, it's not easy to believe that you're healed before you see it. But Jesus already paid for it. He, it's called in the atonement, Jesus paid for our healing. He paid for your healing 2,000 years ago. So really, our faith is our positive response to what God has already done. I'm preaching today. Our faith is God, it's our positive response in what God has already done. In a sense, God, God sent His Son Jesus. In a sense, the whole world saved, but they need to receive salvation. Amen. You know, when sometimes we, we have a, uh, you could have a meeting and you say, these people just got saved. Well, really, positionally, Jesus saved them to, God saved them 2,000 years ago. They just received it. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So we must believe that God has already paid the price for your redemption. In Galatians 3, 13 and 14, it says here that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curses everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham, oh, now I'm preaching today, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, notice it says might. <laughs> because, you know, the reason why I believe it's in here saying you might receive because you gotta, you got to believe. Believing, you know, opens the door for the grace of the blessing to be in your life. you got to believe that we have Abraham's blessing. you got to believe that you're redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, if you're saying, I don't know why this is always happening to me, and if you're always talking about, you know, the bad things in your life, then, then you're too caught up in the curse that's trying to overcome your life. No, 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 God gives you favor. He surrounds the righteous with favor. You're coming out of it in Jesus' name. Whatever the enemy's trying to do in your life, you're coming out of it because what God has blessed, no man can curse. So the threefold blessing of salvation, amen, is uh, that Jesus uh, has saved us really from spiritual death to spiritual life. For it says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the first key to being redeemed from the curse, we're, we're redeemed from eternal death. That's, that's amazing today. And in eternal death, we're, we're you know, death. Uh, so we got eternal life and life means all good things in God. That means all good emotions. That all death emotions we're redeemed from. We're redeemed from depression. We're redeemed from oppression. We're redeemed from sadness. We're redeemed from anger, ang staying angry all the time. Amen? No, no, we, we have joy, love, and peace. We have eternal life. So, so number two, we must believe that we've been redeemed from poverty and walk in the prosperity that God you know, calls us to walk in. I'm talking about being redeemed this morning. I know I'm, 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 I'm digressing just a little bit, but 
you just want to sprinkle in a little bit into, into the message today. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, 8, 9, it says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. So, so when did Jesus became poor? On the cross. Jesus took care of 12 men for three years and their families. Jesus had a treasurer <laughs> that stole from him and they were still able to make, make it work. <laughs> he had a bad treasurer. <laughs> Judas. But even though he had a bad treasurer, they were still able to bring the finances in. Judas was stealing from, from the money box. But you know what? They never lacked anything. Amen. And I'm saying you keep walking with Jesus you, you, pretty soon. You might feel like you're lacking in some areas. Pretty soon you'll lack nothing. Can I get a witness in the house today? And then we must believe that Jesus paid for our healing through the redemption, through the, the finished work of the cross. And in 1 Peter 2.24, he says, Who himself bore our sins on his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. I'm going to say this. You are dead to sin. You are alive to righteousness. Glory to God. In other words, you don't have a desire to sin anymore. Now you say, you might say, I beg to differ, Pastor. I'm struggling in some areas in my life. Yeah, if you're struggling, that means you don't have a desire. Because if sin is easy for you, then you need to check your salvation card. Because it should be difficult for us to sin. So, so it says here that we have died to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, is were, is that present tense? You know, is, is it future tense? Or is it past tense? The, the word were. It's past tense. So, so I, man, this is, I'm not trying to do an English class this morning because I'm definitely not qualified for that. And, uh, but it, it's past tense. In other words, Peter is looking back at the cross and, he, and he's, he's looking at what Jesus did back there. And now he's saying, by whose stripes you were healed. And if you were, you are. Let's put it in present tense. The problem that, that we, we get sometimes that we, that we, why the reason why we're not walking in divine health, why we're not receiving the promise is because we're putting our faith out into the future. And we say, well, I'm believing God someday I'll be healed. I'm believing God that someday he's going to heal me. And then, then we equate our healing by, well, how do you know if you're healed? Well, when all my symptoms leave my body, that's when I know I'm healed. Well, that should not be the gauge for your healing. In other words, you got to believe before the symptoms leave. Oh, I'm preaching today. You need to start thanking God that you're healed before you see the manifestation of it. And, and when you start thanking him, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Oh, but it still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. But you keep thanking him that you're healed because he paid the price for it. And what it is, is the reason why we're not seeing it is because we're not developed enough in our faith. Oh, I'm preaching today. 
Remember those Polaroid cameras? Anybody ever had a Polaroid camera? You take that picture, right? And, and it pops out this picture, right? But you can't see anything until you put it under the light. And then the light develops it, right? And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the picture starts coming onto the, the Polaroid, you know, the, the, the paper. And you put it under the light, and, and the longer it stays on that. Does anybody still own a Polaroid? Thomas does. No, I'm kidding. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, so what is our, our spirits are like that Polaroid film is when we get our spirits in the light of God's word, it will develop the healing. Oh, I'm preaching today. It will develop the healing in our bodies. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's like the Polaroid. The more that we're in the light, the, the, the word will start coming alive into our bodies. And when the word comes alive into our bodies, then there it is. We have it. Glory to God. And so, and so, so we need to understand that, that the word of God will change the circumstance. In Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says, Surely... He took our pain and bore our sufferings. This is, this is the atonement of, uh, of Jesus on the cross. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Some of us that are dealing with uh, inflicted bodies, we need to have this memorized. We need to be quoting this on a daily basis because this is what Jesus has done for us. This is a messianic scripture here telling us what Jesus did for us. Amen. And I love this, that, that healing and forgiveness always go hand in hand. I'm going to say again, healing and forgiveness always go hand in hand. I like it in Psalms 103. It says, bless the Lord all my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives some of your iniquities. Thank you. Who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. Oh my gosh, all? You mean there's not, you mean, you mean... What is you know the Greek word for all? You know what that what what the definition of the Greek word for all is, right? All. It, it didn't take a lot of studying for that one. So so all of your iniquities. I mean, this is Old Testament. But see, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of things to come. You know, just like in a movie, when you watch a movie. A lot of times in a movie, at the very beginning, they will do something that's called a foreshadowing. The, 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 the actors would do something, maybe they'd be practicing a martial arts or whatever, blindfolded. And all of a sudden, down in the movie, they get blind and, and now they're fighting uh, their, their foe blind, blind because it's at the very beginning of the movie, it showed them practicing. Amen? That's like a foreshadowing. You know, uh, you know, Hollywood didn't come up with that. God did. And so with the Bible, God set it up and he set up Psalms 103, 2, 4 as a foreshadowing or what is what to come. 
And so when he says that he forget not who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who fills your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What do you need to be doing every day? You need to fill your mouth with some good things. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You need to be filling your mouth with the word of God, speaking the promises of God. And so I'm going to say this, that that if you do some of these things, you're going to walk in divine health. You have to, when you get to a point, you've got to get to a point in your struggle. In that struggle of your sickness, you've got to get to a point to enter into the rest of the Lord. In other words, you've got to get into the point where you completely rest in the promises of God's word. The reason why the children of Israel could not enter into the promised land is because they could not enter into the rest. It talks about in Hebrews 4, 1 and 3. It says, therefore, since the promise remains of entering into rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For if indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, talk about the children of Israel, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who believe do enter into the rest, as he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So see, see God completes everything. Already, the end is already completed. I'm, I'm preaching today. I'm, I'm preaching today. Your healing's already completed. So the children of Israel could not enter in because they didn't mix faith with the word of God. And so listen, if you're worried or concerned or bothered, you're not walking in total faith. Because you've got to enter into the rest of the, God, of the Lord. And you got to get to a point where I like what one preacher said, that you got to pray through and get to a point after you're done praying that you don't give a rip anymore. That you don't care anymore. Thank you very much. Amen. And so you got to get to that point that God has it in hand. In 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting some of your cares, all of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares about you with deepest affection and He watches over you very carefully, amplified. You know, Jesus, when He went on the cross, and I was studying this out, you know, about you know, entering into the rest. That means casting your cares on the Lord. That means that you're giving it to God. That means let go and let God. Isn't that right? Have you ever heard that? Let go. Let God. Let God, you know, work that situation out. But when Jesus was on the cross, you know, there was areas in time when he was on the cross where he was, he, you know, he, 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 he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember that? It seemed like he was distraught. It seemed like he was, you know, he was dealing with that separation. You know, the Trinity was separated. That, First time ever for the Trinity to be separated was when Jesus was on the cross. That's why I said that, 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 that heaven went bankrupt to get us. And so, but, but, but Jesus came to a, to a point 
while he was on the cross, where he entered the rest. When did he enter rest? When he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. See, he finally got to the point, and sometimes what we need to do is we need to get to the point in our sickness or in our affliction, I'm preaching today, where we say, Father God, I commit everything to you. It doesn't matter anymore. My life is in your hands. I'm not trying to make it happen. I know that you're going to make it happen. I'm going to cast my cares on you concerning this. I commit my spirit into your hands. And what, what it is is that we're, we're, we're struggling in our sickness or affliction and we're trying to make it work and trying to get healed and instead of receiving and resting and casting our cares on the Lord and allowing Him to do it. Amen? Amen. Number five, have faith in God's love for us. You've got to have faith that God loves you. Amen. You know, I think sometimes, you know, uh, we get kind of nervous if, if you know, if, if I said, I'm going to bring a prophet and he's going to start talking to every one of you and, and that prophet can hear and gets words of knowledge and they're going to be speaking to you uh, next Sunday. And some of us will get nervous because we'll be afraid. Some, some of us would be afraid, oh, the Lord's going to tell me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Have you ever get that, get kind of nervous? Like, I wonder what I'm do- not, what I'm not living up for what I'm not doing right. But you know the Holy Spirit in prophecy doesn't tell us what we're doing wrong. Do you know the Bible says when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's unto edification. It's unto comfort. It, it, it builds us up. So the Holy Spirit, He doesn't want to tear us down. I, I'm preaching today. So when the Holy Spirit talks to you, He's going to edify you. He's going to comfort you. Amen. He's going to build you up. He's not going to look at every wrong thing that you've done. He's not going to focus on your misses. No, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to focus on all the good things. The Bible says, you know, that we should always focus on all the good things that God has deposited on the inside of us. In other words, we don't look at all our bad things. Now, I know when we look in the mirror, we try to fix all the flaws. Amen. We, we try to make sure everything looks right in the mirror. That's, but when we get the Bible, the Bible's like into a mirror and it, it will make us look beautiful. I'm, I'm preaching today. You get in that Bible, God will start telling you how beautiful you are, how beautiful you look. Amen. The Bible, the Word of God will make you beautiful. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? <laughs> Amen. Doesn't does the Bible says you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Doesn't the Bible says He always causes us to have victory in Him? Doesn't the, the Bible says that we're new creations in Christ? Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You're new creations. Say I'm a new creation. Glory to God that you're one of a kind. Glory to God. You're not, you're not like what you used to be. You, you have God not only on the inside of you, but you got God upon you. You got to believe that this morning. God beautifies us. His word beautifies us. The longer you are in Christ, the more beautiful you become. 
Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Forget about going to the, uh, uh, getting, getting, getting the facelift doctor. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And in number six, you want to take communion every day if you want to experience divine health. If you want to experience divine health, take communion every day. Uh, I, I like what it says here in John 6, 48 through It says, I am the bread of life. It says here, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. See, when you're taking communion, you're enforcing the fact that you're going to live forever. I'm preaching today. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And Jesus said to them, most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So when you take communion, you're taking life within yourself. When we take communion on Sunday morning, you're partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. And you're partaking of greater life. And so when you take communion, and I give you permission to take communion every day at home. Take some juice. Get some bread. Take communion with your spouse. Pray and believe and stand on the promises of God's word, that God's word is working. My mom and dad would take communion but when my dad was here. He's in heaven now. But they would almost take communion like every day together. Glory to God. And they would just take it together and stood in agreement. And you could take communion. You don't have to have a spouse. You can be single and still do it. Amen. I, I give the single people permission. Glory to God. Uh, number seven, you need to take authority over negative thoughts. The enemy will tell you, well, you're not, you, you, the symptoms are still on your body. You might not, you, you must not be healed. And, and, but, but your healing is not, it, it, it's, it's not consummated by, by you not, not walking in uh, the, 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 the symptom. It's consummated by the word of God. And so, and so your healing is not, is not determined by your symptoms. It's determined by the word of God. So you have to, you know, you have to cast down those imaginations and every, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have to, you have to pull down those thoughts that you're never going to get healed. No, stop thinking I'm never going to get my healing and start thinking I have my healing already. Put your faith in the now. Number eight, you need to continue to put on the armor of God. Continue to put on the armor of God every day. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth, the, uh, shod your feet with peace, put the shield of faith up, and have the sword of the word in your hand. And when, you, and when you're standing in the armor of God, then the enemy cannot pierce your armor. See, the devil's trying to pierce our armor every day. He's trying to shoot fiery darts at us. But if we stay in the armor of God, he can't get to us. Number nine, we need to stay in praise power. We need to stay thankful to God. How did Paul and Silas come out of that prison that night in Philippi when they preached and they were thrown in the inner prison? And the Bible said they praised and gave thanksgiving to God. And all of a sudden God moved and, and it was an earthquake and it shook the prison doors. 
I'm telling you, your thankful praises, your worship to God will shake that sickness right out of your bodies. You got to believe that. that. That it will shake it out. That God will shake that stuff. Sometimes I pray for people and some, the power of God will hit them and they will start shaking. And they will fall down. What, what's happening? God's shaking every negative thing out of their bodies. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I got a little Elvis anointing in me today. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said to Elvis one time, uh, you're the king. And he said, I'm not the king. Jesus is the king. Amen. Amen. They say Elvis is the king of rock. And, you know, and, and they said another minister uh, uh, was the king of soul. Who was that? They, they said it was king of soul. James Brown. And then they said that uh, what um, uh, Michael Jackson was the king of pop. But Jesus is the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. Amen. They, they may have the small K on their king, but Jesus has the capital K. He's the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. That Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God. So when you praise God. It will shake. Every negative thing. Out of your lives. Be open to God's correction. When you pray. When you're dealing with sickness. Maybe there's an area in your life. That you need to to correct. It might be your mouth. You might need to correct what comes out of your mouth. You might need to correct, you know, maybe you've been speaking too much of the circumstances. And so you need to be open to God's correction in your life. And number 11, uh, get a vision of healing. Get a vision of healing. I, you know, uh, uh, this one preacher, his wife was dealing with liver problems. It was Charles Capps. And his wife was dealing with liver problems. And she looked old before her time. And so he took a picture before she was hit with those liver problems and said, God, I'm believing that you're going to bring her youth back. And, and she was believing God and, and God blessed her and she ended up getting a liver transplant. And God blessed her and, her, and, and that transplant, there was no problems in that tr- transplant. They, she had no uh, side effects, glory to God. And she, and, and she looked younger after the transplant than before it, glory to God. Even a week later. So, so we got to get a vision. Look at your neighbor and say, get a vision. Get a vision of being healthy. Get a vision of, of, of get a picture of yourself, you know, of what you want to look like, glory to God, when you were in your younger days. And focus on that because the Bible says your youth is renewed like the eagle's. And I'm going to say this, everybody in heaven is always forever young. I'm going to say it again, we're forever young. I asked my mom, she's in her 80s, I said, Mom, do you feel like 80? No, I don't feel like I'm 80 at all. I said, how old do you feel, 79? No, I'm kidding. And she said, no, I I feel feel like I'm in my 30s or in my 20s. I don't feel old. You talk to older people, they, they don't feel old. 
Now, because your minds and your, your, your spirits are renewed every morning. I, I, I think my man here is going to be 46 this year, glory to God. He doesn't look a day over 50, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm kidding. But <laughs> I have to rail on him a little bit. You've got to rail on some of these people. Amen. But God is working miracles. You believe that today? So if you go with these 11, uh, you know, uh, steps, you will see divine healing in your body. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness this morning. I thank you, Father God, that the highest bar, the highest place is for us to walk in divine health. And Father, I'm believing, Father God, for miracle healing for every person in this church. I'm believing for those that's been dealing with long-term ailments, that the long-term ailments are being shortened. And I declare that they're being healed even under the sound of my voice. And I declare healing is going forth from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. And perhaps you need salvation because salvation is the most important promise of the word of God and maybe you're here today and you never made a commitment to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the Bible says today is a day of salvation so I want to encourage you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and it's as simple as, as praying a simple prayer so perhaps you're watching online and you know you need Jesus in your life. Or perhaps you're here in the audience. Where pray this prayer after me. And if you pray this prayer, I believe it will usher you in to the grace and the love and the mercy of God. Say this out loud and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you. As my Lord and Savior, thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 